So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. In episode 102 of the Guitar Music Theory podcast, I have another installment of How Does This Song Work? featuring All Right Now by Free. Greetings, guitar engineers. Welcome to the Guitar Music Theory Podcast. I am your host, Desi Cerna. And today I have another installment of How Does This Song Work? featuring All Right Now by Free. I'm going to take a look at this song's music theory, including the key, the chords, the progression, the mode, and the scales that are used for the guitar solos. This is going to help you understand how this song goes together and why it sounds so good. Now, the audio that you hear in today's podcast was actually pulled from a video that I posted to YouTube. So if you'd like to see everything that I talk about, just head over to YouTube and search Desi Cerna all right now, and you should be able to find that video. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel because I do post to it fairly regularly. Sometimes I appear to be inactive here in the podcast when really I'm just posting videos instead. So you want to make sure that you don't miss any of my content. So make sure that you subscribe to my podcast, but also my YouTube channel. And as always, if you are not currently enrolled in a free video course at my website, go to guitarmusictheory.com, answer the questions I ask you about your playing, and I'll send you free custom video instruction calibrated to your current level. Whether you're just getting started and needing to learn the basics, whether you're an advanced player that wants to understand music theory on a deeper level, or you're somewhere in between, I have a free video course. Just go to guitarmusictheory.com to enroll in that now. You can click on the link in the podcast show notes. All right, before we dive in, let me talk a little bit about my guitar sound. I'm using a Paul Reed Smith 594. I have Seymour Duncan 59 pickups in here. I'm in the bridge position. This guitar is essentially like a Gibson Les Paul, which is the type of guitar played by free guitarist Paul Kossoff. For an amp, I'm using the Kemper Profiling Amplifier, and I'm playing through a profile of a vintage Marshall amp, and I've just added some reverb and a little bit of slapback delay just to give it an amp in the room sound. All right, let's dive into the song. Here's the guitar part you hear right at the top. Okay, so this centers around an A chord, A major chord here in the open position. And then I'm adding my second and third fingers. 
to make a D chord in C form. So if you're familiar with the cage system that I teach in my fretboard theory course, this is part of a D chord in C form. Here's the whole thing. But I'm just playing strings four, three, and two. It's kind of an inversion because I have F sharp in the bass, but I'm actually holding the root A from the previous chord, A, in the bass, so that would make a D slash A. So I'm playing that open A chord with my index finger and then just add my second and third finger for the D. And this is essentially just a chord change from D to A, but using this particular fingering and voicing just gives it a different sound, which uh, gives this particular song its distinct sound. Listen to the difference between this or if I just play a regular open D major chord. And then here's the actual voicing used in the song. So it's a different voicing. And the way that you uh, finger chords and the way you stack the notes in the chords if, uh, changes how the chord is voiced. That's a musical term. And uh, different guitar parts and different songs are uh, made to sound distinct by the way that the chords are voiced. Now from here, the next part is... So in this case here, I'm still using the open uh, fifth string A. I'm going back to that D, but I'm only playing the F sharp and the D out of it. My index finger is no longer part of this chord. Now I've got the third string open. That's a G. And that makes an interesting sound there. Then I add my index finger back, so I've got the A. That would normally be part of that D shape. Then I return to an A chord, but this time I play the A in the open position and my pinky reaches up to the fifth fret to play the root A and the fifth E on the second string. You might know this as the long A. It's basically just a big A power chord. A, E, A, E, A. Gives you a big wide power chord sound. So let me back up to the beginning of this uh, part that you hear at the top of the song. So basically we have two chords here, A and D, and then some things were added at the end of the um, this particular chord riff, if that's what you want to call it. Um, we voiced the A differently with some notes on top of the chord that made it sound a little bit different than it did out of the gate when I just played a regular A power chord. Uh, sometimes when you go to that D and C form, you leave the third string G open. And if you want to analyze it to figure out, well, technically, uh, what would you call that? Well, let's see. If you put an, a G and a D chord, that would be, uh, um, normally would be a D suspended four, because the G is the fourth, and it would suspend or take the place of the third F sharp. But in this case, we still have the F sharp in there. So in music theory, you might say, okay, well, it's a D um, add four. So we're adding the four. We're not suspending the third like we normally would. But I've got the A in the bass. So I'd say D uh, add four slash A. So there's a big complicated name for a chord. 
I don't think that that's what was going through the mind of uh, Paul Kossoff when he uh, composed this riff. I think that he was just working with um, the shapes and the notes that were in front of him with these uh, basic chords here, and he just played around with it until he found something that sounded interesting. Um, but one thing that G does indicate to us is it gives um, it gives us a dominant seventh sound. If you think about playing our primary chord here, A, if you think about adding a G note to it, you would make an A7 or A dominant seventh. So right away, as someone that likes to examine songs and kind of know what's happening with the key and uh, with the mode, I'm automatically thinking, hmm, this must be Mixolydian mode. That would mean we're using the notes and chords from the D major scale, but we're centering on its fifth degree A. Uh, and when you add a seventh to that and you stick with uh, scale tones from that parent scale, you get an A7, you get a G natural in there. So I'm thinking that this is probably a Mixolydian mode uh, song, meaning that we're using notes and chords from the key of D, but we're actually centering on its fifth A, creating the sound of A Mixolydian mode. Now we're going to see more of that in the next section. Here's what the guitar does in the chorus. All right, so we have a new song section. The guitar is doing something different. It sounds different, but it's actually based on the same notes and the same chords. So I'm playing an A power chord an octave higher than I did initially. So I'm just fretting the root A at, uh, on string four, seventh fret, then there's its fifth E in the next string. And basically what I'm doing here is just going down a, a whole step to a G power chord. Okay, now we've got a G chord in there. We had the G note earlier, remember that, the open third string. And then from this G, my index finger's now on string four at the fifth fret playing a G power chord shape. I just dropped the G note to F sharp, but I leave the, the uh, A note from the G power chord, excuse me, uh, the, the D note from the G power chord on the third string. I just dropped the root. Now I have the notes F sharp and A, and this is actually an inversion of a D chord. If you think about D and A form, on string five, fifth fret there. Think about playing an arpeggio, and we're playing the F sharp and the D that would come out of that chord shape. That's, uh, this is a inversion of D, and this particular shape, I view it as uh, coming out of the A form. So our basic chords here are A, an A power chord, a G power chord, a D, back to A. So let's think about those. Let's move to the open position and play them as if they were ordinary plain basic open chords. So we have A, G, D, back to A. So if you're familiar with keys and scales and you know the number system, then you might realize that, oh, so this is, if we're in the key of D, this is A is uh, the five chord. <laughs> 
the four chord, D is the one chord, and A is the um, five chord again. It might be easier if you think about this in bar chords because, you know, the way I teach the numbered system is we look at numbered patterns on the fretboard using standard bar chords. So here's the same chords using some standard E and A form bar chords. A, string five, fifth fret. Excuse me. A, string six, fifth fret. G, third fret. And then D, string five, fifth fret. Back to A. And again, if you're familiar with the numbered uh, chord patterns that I teach you in order to get to know keys and the harmonized major scale, if I start on D here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, you can see that the chords in use here, A, G, and D, come right out of the D scale, and they are five, four, and one. Now, since the A chord is functioning as the primary chord, that's really what our ear is hearing is the tonal center. So it would be more correct to think about A as being one and then the other chords in relation to it. Now we're getting into what I teach in Fretboard Theory Volume 2 if you've made it that far in my guitar theory system. So if A is one, then the relationship between A and G is a flat seven, and the relationship between A and D is a fourth, so we would call this progression one, flat seven, four, one. So A, G, D, A is one, flat seven, four, one. And that's always true no matter where we would play those chords in the fretboard. So if I'm in the open position, it's still one, flat seven, four, one. Or if I move up to playing those power chord shapes, with the root along the fourth string, which is the way that this chorus part is played. Again, it's still one, flat seven. This is still the um, four chord, even though I don't have the root D in the bass position, it's an inversion of it, so it's still the four chord. So one, flat seven, four, one. And there's a little bit more to it. Um, you add some extra notes. And if you examine it, these notes are still in the parent scale of D, or they're in the scale of A mixolydian mode, or the A dominant scale, or if you're viewing it uh, that way. And it just gives a little bit of movement uh, to that initial chord A there. So that's A power chord, and then here's the sixth, F sharp, there's its fifth E. So what we have here is we have a new song section with a new guitar part that has a new sound, yet it's actually based on the same chords and the same notes that were used in the open position for the opening riff. So this is a great example of how in order to come up with something new and interesting on the guitar, you don't necessarily need to learn some sort of exotic chord or, or scale. You need to learn the different ways that kind of the basic building blocks of music work on the guitar here. So in this case, we're taking chords that could have been played as basic open chords in the open position, but by moving around the fretboard and playing some different chord voicings that are, that are based on different chord shapes and adding in a little bit of movement, we come up with a creative and distinct part. 
And this is actually made more interesting because we still have the A note that's kind of uh, sustaining or pedaling, as we'd say in music, in the bass. We had that in the opening riff where we used the open A string and allowed it to sustain even when we went to the D chord. <laughs> Well, we have it here in this chorus part, because if you listen carefully to the bass, the bass mainly stays on the uh, A note, and there's a little bit of movement with the F sharp and the E, similar to what the guitar did, but the, a, but the bass stays on A while the guitar is changing to that G chord and that inversion of the D chord. I'm going to switch to a clean sound here, and I'll move to my neck pickup just to sound a little bit more like a bass, but the bass is playing something like this. So again, a little bit of movement in there, but it keeps coming back to that A note. Of course, it's played on the bass, so it sounds an octave lower. So we have that A note sus uh, sustaining in the bass position, which means we're hearing when you combine the guitar chords with the bass line, overall what we're hearing in the music is A, then we're hearing G slash A, because the bass is still coming back to that A note, then we're hearing D slash A, and then we come back to A. And again, this is just another way to make things sound distinct and more interesting by working with these basic building blocks, but doing something that's a little outside the ordinary. In other words, we're not just strumming basic open chords or basic bar chords or basic power chords for that matter. Uh, they're put together in a manner that makes something that sounds more musically interesting. All right, from here, you basically have a repeat of the verse and a repeat of the chorus, and then the song uh, transitions into a solo section. And this is many guitar players' favorite part of the song because it's a lengthy, extended guitar solo. And there's some different sections, and they each sound distinct. Uh, and there's some different things going on in them, including some applications of some different scales. So let's talk about it. The first uh, solo section you hear sounds like this. Okay, so for this first part of the solo, uh, the bass drops out. It's just the guitar and the drums playing this kind of marching uh, groove. And the guitar is playing part of the A minor pentatonic. So here's A at the 12th fret of the 5th string. You can think about A minor pentatonic pattern 4 if you're familiar with the patterns. Right there. There's your root A on string three at the 14th fret. A lot of the phrases come back to that uh, to resolve. So why the A minor pentatonic when this song uh, overall would be considered to be in the key of A major since it's centered on an A major chord? Well, remember that more specifically it had an A dominant seventh sound because there was a G natural in there. I recognize that at the top of the song and I know what that means. Let's talk about the way that scales are applied in most of rock music. Typically, if you're playing over a piece of music that centers on a major chord, you could play the major pentatonic scale over it. If it centers on uh, 
uh, music that centers on a uh, minor chord, you would play the minor pentatonic scale over it. And then there's a time when the rule gets broken. Obviously, it makes sense to think, okay, major over major, minor over minor. But in blues and blues-based rock music, you will often play the minor pentatonic over music that centers on a major chord. And usually, if the music is centering on a major chord, it's really a dominant seventh chord. Even though the guitar player may not actually be playing a dominant seventh chord, they may be playing a plain major chord. There's, uh, the chord is usually treated as if it's a dominant seventh, and the dominant seventh is present elsewhere in the music, either in the vocal melody or the bass or guitar riff or something. And that's why it was so important for me to recognize that early on. So I realized at the top of this song, okay, this is a blues rock song. It's a dominant seventh sound, which means I've got that flat seven interval that's in the A minor pentatonic scale. There it is right there. There's a G natural. A minor pentatonic has got A, C, D, so A is the root, C is your minor third, D is your fourth, E is your fifth, there's your flat seventh, and so on. So all of these notes are, are, most of these notes are related to the chord parts we played earlier. We got a root A, we got a fourth D, we got the fifth E, we have the flat seven G natural. The only note that's out of place here is the C natural. That's a minor third but our chord had a major third in it, C sharp. So there's gonna be a little bit of a rub there between that minor and major. And this is what we've come to know as the blues sound, where music is gonna kind of rub in between a minor third and a major third. That sort of thing, get this sort of sound. Very common sound, whether you have a guitar player that's specifically playing a line like that, or you just have music where the major third is present and the minor third is present, your ear is kind of hearing that rub, even though it might be between uh, different instruments. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. So the, for the beginning of this solo section here, lots of emphasis on that minor third, C-sharp up here in the 12th position. Specifically, it's at the uh, 13th fret of the second string. A little bit of bending there. You're kind of you're not fully going to the major third, um, but you're kind of pushing toward it and getting some of those micro to uh, tones in between. We call that the blues sound. So instead of it's all right. So Paul Kossoff decided to take a minor pentatonic approach here during this lead break. Um, 
But let's keep going. Next, we've got a, uh, the bass enters in, the guitar drops out, and then we head into the next section of the solo, and something different is going to happen. Before we take a look at the solo, though, let's talk about what's happening in the bass. Let me hear. Let me let you hear what it sounds like in my backing track. And we've got some piano that's coming in as well. So let's take a look at that bass line. It's doing, I'm gonna play it on guitar here. It's doing something like this. So um, starting on A, and we've got an F sharp and an E in there. That will be the fifth and the sixth, similar to what the bass did earlier with the. up here during the uh, chorus, and we had the guitar that was using those notes too. So the bass is just uh, making use of those again. So, uh, uh, and then next, whoops, let's try that again. And this part here is actually uh, very similar to what the guitar did in the chorus with a So playing a G power chord and then playing an inversion of D there. And so the bass is doing the same thing, using those notes, putting the open uh, A in between. So uh, again, we have like some chord changes, but we're still pedaling on that A in between. Here it is again. So again, this is kind of uh, making an A7 or A dominant or A mixolydian mode, whatever you, however you want to think about it. Those are different terms to express the same thing that's happening in music. We're creating an A dominant seventh sound. So we're hearing it with a... We're hearing it in the bass line there, and we've got some piano chords there too. So in this case, you could play minor pentatonic over this. You could play major pentatonic. You could follow it with the full... Uh, mixolydian mode, that would be the D major scale, but just starting on the fifth degree A. So let's listen to what the guitar actually does for this portion of the solo. So I'm actually making use of the A major pentatonic here. I kind of hammered into A and the third string. And then we take a look at these notes. So this is A to B and back. And then we have E to F sharp and back. And these would fit right into the A major, major pentatonic scale, if you want to think about a scale. 
Again, that's A major, not A minor. Remember, that first solo section was A minor, but now Paul Kossoff has switched to A major, so there's a little bit of uh, variation here, some tonal variety. We've got some uh, major. We're hearing the major in the bass line, and then we're hearing it with the notes that he chose to use for this part of the uh, solo. And we've got, you know... So... Bending up to the C sharp, uh, the major third there, and then you come up to A, 12th fret of the second string, and there's more of that play with the fifth and the sixth, that E and F sharp that we used earlier. And the bass is using. Now we've got it in the lead guitar up here. And bending to the major third, C sharp. There's some interesting use of the open first string, which would be the fifth of A, so we kind of let that sustain in the upper range there uh, for some of these parts, like... I can do that better. And then when you get into... Uh, sometimes he bends just the second string. Sometimes he does that and lets the first string ring open. And then we move into the next section of the solo and something changes. Let me play along with the track for you. All right, so in this final uh, part of the solo, the most climactic part, um, you come all the way up here to the 17th position, and now you're back in A minor pentatonic. So I've got that fifth E, there's the flat seven G, there's the root A, there's the minor third C and this is in the familiar pentatonic pattern one, again, up here at the 17th fret. That's A minor pentatonic. And as I explained earlier, A minor pentatonic works over the same bass line and the same chord changes. The only difference is we've got the, um, the minor third C. And as I explained earlier, you can play that minor third over the major third, and it kind of gives you that... Uh, blues sound that we all know and love. So this has got to be one of the most famous guitar solos of all time in the classic rock genre. It's a tremendous solo, um, well played, great tone. Um, of course, we guitar players love any extended guitar solo, so the fact that it's lengthy and has several sections uh, is a good thing to us. But also I think what makes it great is just the variety we have here, the way it kind of starts with that minor pentatonic, um, in that marching drum beat without any other instrumentation. Yeah. 
then the way that the bass is introduced uh, and the uh, piano is introduced, and we have a little bit more color here because we're hearing more uh, tones from the scale. We're hearing an outline of those chord changes, A, G, D, that uh, were used in previous parts of the song, but played differently, so it's not just a copy of previous parts of the song. We've got the piano on the chords there, and then the lead is playing that major, A major pentatonic sound. sounds so nice and sweet and then you top it off climactically by going up here um, in this high the this uh, 17th position so kind of ending on a high note so to speak um, and then back to minor was just some kind of raw uh, uh, you know blues rock minor pentatonic guitar licks that's got that flat seven in there and that minor third as well <laughs> And at the end of the solo, um, you do have an F sharp in there. So we've kind of switched back to some of those uh, major intervals. F sharp's a major sixth that's found in the uh, A major pentatonic. So it uh, comes back here at the, it, uh, at the end of the solo. And when you hit E there, the chord goes to E which is like the five chord in the key of A, and then everything, everything comes back to A, and you play the riff that is heard at the top of the song. And so on. This eventually goes back into another chorus, and the chorus is repeated, and the song finishes that way. All right, so there's your overview of how the song All Right Now by Free works. So just to review, overall we would say that the song is in the key of A, meaning that uh, the, the main uh, chordal tonal center is A major. But as we discovered, there's more to it than that. Um, when we think A major, we might think about the A major scale, but we're actually using notes and chords from the D major scale centering on its fifth degree, a, which would make A mixolydian mode. Another name for that is the A dominant scale. And of course, when you put a uh, G natural, a flat seventh, into an A chord, you create an A dominant seventh. So this song has a really strong dominant seventh sound, which is very common in blues music. Because the dominant seventh has that flat seventh interval in there, it's already got a little bit of uh, uh, minor uh, tonality to it because a flat seven is also a minor seventh. So Playing the A minor pentatonic, which also has the flat third or the minor third, can actually work well in here. It gives it that bluesy, blues-based rock song that we know and love. There's a little bit of rub in between that minor third C natural and the major third C sharp, but that's the blues sound. And we have some uh, different distinct parts as you move from the verse to, to the chorus using many of the same notes, but because Paul Kossoff was very familiar with the fretboard and either had mapped out uh, the different ways that chords are formed or maybe he was just blessed with a really good ear and so he was just able to kind of find those by uh, uh, using his ear. In either case, 
what we have here is we have some uh, different parts of the song that are using the same notes and chords, but using them in different ways by using some different uh, chord inversions and chord voicings. And then the way that the scales are applied for the solo is great because we're going back and forth between a minor tonality and a major tonality. All right, podcast episode 102 is a wrap. Now you understand how the song All Right Now works. If you would like to learn more about music theory for guitar so you can understand how more of your favorite songs work, head to my website, guitarmusictheory.com. Answer the questions I ask you about your playing, and I'll send you some free custom video instruction calibrated to your current level. Whether you need to learn more about scales, chord construction, composition techniques, or if you actually need to back up and fill some gaps in your playing by working uh, on some more rudimentary things, I've got a free video course for you. So go to guitarmusictheory.com to enroll in your free video course now. You can click on the link in the podcast show notes. All right, guitar engineers, thanks for listening. I'm Desi Serna. Before you go, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, give it a five-star rating, and leave me a great review. Then keep playing and stay tuned for more. Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners, also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200.